You guys did just an excellent job. Let's give them another, all the kids who participated, another round of applause, shall we? Right on. Well done. Well done. Well, my name's Brad, and I'm part of the teaching and leadership team here at uh, Jericho Ridge. And it's our privilege to have you uh, with us this morning. And this month, we've been talking about hope as our theme and how it's more than just a wish. So kids, I have a question for you, and for the adults too, actually. You guys can participate in answering this if you want. But how many of you kids have made a promise that is hard to keep? Maybe you've promised that you won't, you know, open a present that's under the tree that you know that is, has your name on it until Christmas. Or maybe you've promised that you won't look in the house where you know that, or you think maybe that people are hiding presents that maybe are unwrapped yet. And you said, I won't look in there, I promise. Now, the, the second question to this that I want to ask you is, how do you let someone know that you are super, super serious about your promise? How do you let them know? Can you think of a way you would let them know? Oh, I heard it. I heard somebody whisper it. Ruth Allen, can you show? One option, the ever-popular pinky promise, right? <laughs> I promise. And then you, you lock pinkies together and you say, I promise that I'm going to play with you at recess and at lunch. Pinky promise. So that's one way maybe you could do it. Um, and another way, it's something that I wasn't sure if they still did, but this last year, I had to go and drop some documents off at the courthouse in Surrey, and so they asked if I wanted to put my hand on the Bible and promise that I was telling you, telling the truth, and you might be surprised that as a pastor, I said no. I'm not going to swear on the Bible. I am going to affirm simply because our word ought to be sufficient. So I said, oh, I'll simply affirm that my yes is yes and my no is no. I don't need to swear on the Bible to prove it to you or to a judge or anybody else that I'm telling the truth. Now, another one that I can think of, and this goes back a long time, I can remember one Christmas, a friend and I were making each other a bet and whoever lost the bet was gonna have to give the winner something really big. I don't remember what it was, but I think it was something that, was one of the gifts that you were going to get for Christmas. You had to give it to the other person who won when you lost. And so because this was very, very serious, that you actually had to, were going to have to give away something that you had just been given, we had to figure out a way to communicate to each other the absolute intention that we had to make good on this promise, whoever was the winner and the loser. And I... I don't recommend this necessarily, but he pulled out the big one in terms of keeping your promise. He said to me, I promise on my grandmother's grave that I will give this to you. And I thought in my pre-adolescent mind, whoa, that is big stuff. He is super serious about his promise if he is going to stake his own dead grandmother's reputation on keeping this promise particular promise. It was very, very serious in my mind. 
But all of those things, whether it's a pinky promise or I swear on the Bible or on my dead grandmother's grave or whatever it might be, that it reminds me of the fact that making promises and most importantly, actually keeping promises is big stuff. It's important stuff. And this is one of my favorite things about Christmas and about the message of Christmas. Because every time Christmas comes around, it reminds me that God made each and every one of us a promise. And it was a promise so important that he was willing to do something very radical to make sure that you and I got the message that he was very serious about keeping this promise to us. Look at the way that three short verses in the New Testament book of Hebrews explain it. It says it this way in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke in many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Now in these final days, he's spoken to us through his son, Jesus. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance, and through the son, he created the universe. The son radiates God's own glory, expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by his power of his command. When he cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. In these three short verses, we actually learn about an amazing promise that God made to us. Not only to people who lived a long, long time ago, like the shepherds and the angels or Mary and Joseph or all the people that were around when Jesus was born, but a promise that you and I can actually count on today. So, What did God promise us that he is so serious about? Well, God promised us that he spoke in the past. He's still speaking to us today. God promised that he is a God who wants to communicate with us. And kids, you'll remember this from the things that you've been learning in Kids at the Ridge this last year. Remember way back at the beginning of the big God story that God spoke to Adam And said that there was a problem, the Bible calls sin, that it entered our world, that it entered every human heart. But God promised that he was going to deal with it. He was going to fix it. And God promised that not just anybody, but he would come and he would personally fix this problem and deal with it. But then time went on and God had to remind Abraham about the promise that he made. He reminded Jacob and David, telling them that the rescuer would come from their very own family, from the tribe of Judah. Then God used the prophet Micah to remind people that he would be born in Bethlehem, like that song that we just sang. God used the prophet Isaiah to remind people that the rescuer would be born as a baby, but would also suffer and die on behalf, our behalf as a way that God was going to overcome evil. And God kept talking to people and reminding them, I made a promise to you, and I'm going to keep it. And so for thousands of years, God had to keep reminding people of his promise that he was going to come and deal with all the things that were wrong in the world and in our hearts. But just like happens today, sometimes, and some people, were not very good listeners. Now, speaking of being a good listener, kids, imagine with me that you're playing maybe in the basement or somewhere else in your house, some other room in your house, and your mom and dad have an important message that they want to communicate with you. Say they want to tell you that it's time for dinner. But what happens if they say it, it's time for dinner, and you can't hear? What happens? 
usually. What happens? They say it a little bit louder. That's right. Or they repeat it. What if you still can't hear it? What do they do? Do they just think, oh, well, that's it. I give up. They're not coming for dinner. I'm just going to eat all this food anyways. They come down. They come closer to you. Because if you can't hear them, they want to make sure this is an important message. So they want to make sure that you get the message. They're likely to come closer to you. And if the message is really, really important, someone won't just talk to you from the next room. They'll actually come and make sure that you get the message face to face. Because that's how important messages are delivered. You don't just shout louder. You actually go toward the person. And you know what? That is exactly what this verse in Hebrews tells us that God did at Christmas time. You see, the message of hope that God wanted you and I to hear and for all of humanity to hear was so important that he didn't just shout it in the stars. He didn't just shout it from heaven. He didn't just use all of creation, majestic stars in the night sky, the beauty and the wonder and the intricacy of created world to tell us. He didn't just use the stories of people in the Old Testament a long time ago and the experiences of people in history. He didn't even just write it down for us. God wanted to be so sure that we got the message that he himself left heaven and came into our world to speak to us face to face. And that was in that baby lying in a manger that first Christmas morning. God was speaking to us, the scripture says, through his son. God was sending us the most personal message of all. Letting us know who he was. Letting us know what he was like. Hebrews chapter 1, 3 says, Jesus expressed to us the very character of God. In other words, God wanted to show us what he was like. And so he did that the best way that he knew how. He actually came to the earth, lived among us so that we could get to know and people could write down, what was Jesus like? And the the scripture says, if you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father, you know what God liked because God showed us what he's like most clearly by sending his son, Jesus. The message that God wanted to communicate to each of us was so important that it took more than a pinky promise It took more than just writing it down or declaring it. He actually wanted to deliver it face to face. To me, it's kind of like that guy, remember in those uh, Verizon cell phone commercials? He keeps wandering around and wandering around and wandering around. What is he always saying? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And when I think about what you kids have been sharing with us this morning, that's the phrase that comes to my mind. God's message of redemption and the possibility that you and I can live our lives with hope, not just for this life, but for the life to come by placing our hope and trust in Jesus. And the cleansing of work that he did in life was so important that God fulfilled this in the only way possible and made sure that we understood it. He himself came into the world to show us how to live in an adventure with him, to invite us into relationship with himself to remind us ultimately he alone has the power and the authority to deal with the problems of sin and evil in our world and in our hearts. And as amazing as it seems, 2,000 years ago, that Christmas night in a little stable in a little town called Bethlehem, God was, felt it was so important 
to come and speak to you and I so much that he actually became human and asked us face to face. Can you hear me now? And one of the most intriguing questions and implications of Christmas is that God is speaking. He is still communicating to us, not just way back then in the first Christmas, but to each person here and now. And so the real question not isn't so much, is God speaking, or is he trying to get our attention? The question is, through Jesus, through the scriptures, through your life experiences, through those around you, God is speaking. The real question is, can you hear him? And not just that, but are you listening? And so let's pray together, and the band's going to lead us in a final Christmas song that actually uses that phrase of hearing and listening to remind us of the importance of the message of hope that God wanted to communicate to us as we close our morning together. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you care so deeply for each and every one of us that you decided to do something absolutely radical. That the message that you wanted to communicate to us and that you have been communicating to us all through the course of this morning in the scriptures that have been read, in the songs that the kids have been singing and playing and reflecting on, that that message is so important that you saw fit to deliver it in person. And we're grateful for that, God. For some of us, it seems like a very long time ago because it was before any of us were born. But you've saw fit to continue the communication of that truth through people who love you, and communities of faith that are committed to you all through the, all the different corners of our globe. And so we thank you that that message is still actually being repeated and declared. And so, Father, I pray for each one of us here this morning that you would open our hearts in some way through the Christmas season to hear what it is that you want to communicate to us, that we would have ears to hear and that we'd be attentive in some way. And so, Father, I pray that as we go through the course of our day and through the course of this season that can feel busy, it can feel frenetic, can feel like it's hard to listen to anything or anyone. But, God, I pray that even in some way through today and through the course of our anticipatory preparations for Christmas, that you would speak to us just in a quiet way, in a gentle way. Maybe some of us, you need to get our attention more radically. God, I pray that you'd speak to each and every one of us and that we would have ears to hear what it is that you're saying to us through your son, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.